capturing images of people across China, exploring its ever-changing lifestyles and feeling the heartbeat of its villages, towns and cities. This is Selfie. This is Selfie. Giving you real-life stories in China. 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 Hello, welcome to this episode of Selfie, a program that brings you an insight into Chinese people and their lives. I'm Tony Reed. Yongku Unity Village is in South Xinjiang's Kucha County, some 800 kilometers away from Xinjiang's capital city, Urumqi. Since the 1960s, this multi-ethnic population has included the Han people, Uyghurs, Hui, and Kazakhs, who all live together in this village. Over the decades, they've worked together, held long-lasting friendships, and even built families with each other. In today's selfie, we take you to this village in the far west China Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region and hear local villagers' stories. First, our reporter Yang Yong tells us how cow breeding has helped engender multi-ethnic friendships in Xinjiang. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. The sun is rising over a village house in Kucha, a county 800 kilometers away from Xinjiang's capital city of Rurumuchi. 79-year-old Mahmud has just finished his breakfast. Picking up his wooden scoop, he heads to the cowshed in his backyard, where he begins to give his cows their first feed of the day. I've been breeding cows since 1964, when we only had one cow in our family. My parents and I took care of her together. Mahmoud's work partner, 53-year-old Wang Xiaojing, is already waiting the cowshed. <laughs> Talking and laughing, the two begin their daily work together. Among the 38 cows in Mahmoud's cowshed, there are several calves that belong to shareholders like Wang Xiaojing. For years, people from different ethnic backgrounds living in the village have been working together like these two men, and in doing so, have been able to create a better standard of living. I was born in this village. Uncle Mahmoud watched me grow up. The friendship between Mahmoud and Wang Xiaojun's family dates back half a century. In 1959, Mahmoud moved to this village with his parents. At the time, everything was quite different from nowadays. At that time, there was little farmland here, and there were only five poplar trees growing there. There weren't any roads, and people lived in shabby clay huts. Wang Xiaojun's grandpa was one of the railway workers who came to Xinjiang and helped to build the Lanxing Railway in the 1960s. His work on the railway meant that Wang's family were some of the earliest settlers to Yongku. Wang's family and the Uyghur family have been friends and neighbors ever since. I grew up with Wang Xiaojun's parents. We did farm work together, played together, and even had meals together. Life was difficult then, and we were always ready to help each other like families do. 
Herdman Xinjiang, like Mahmud, used to live a nomadic lifestyle, sometimes traveling for months to graze the animals on the vast grasslands surrounded by cloud-kissing snowy mountains. Far away from their home, the cowshed boys and girls were like brothers and sisters, sharing joy and sorrow. My childhood was spent with my friends and cows. It was always sad if a cow died, perhaps because of a difficult labor, and I would feel helpless when we were on the grasslands. There was nothing I could do, but my friends would comfort me. Some were Uyghurs, some were the Han people. The days spent with my friends are some of my most valuable memories. Mahmud's diligence and hard work resulted in him becoming an expert at cow breeding in the village in the 1970s. If any of the villagers had any problems, they would go to Mahmud for help, and he was always happy to give them a word of advice or a helping hand. Sometimes their cows have a difficult time in labor, so I have to deliver the calf by hand. Just like a midwife, I also teach them how to deal with this kind of problem. Mahmud says the most important influence all through his childhood was his father, and one of the most important things he learned from him is that to be ready to help others is very valuable for a man. My father was the kind of man who puts his words into action. He once saved two hand children from being kicked to death by a violent horse. It had lost control and nearly walked into two little children playing on the road. My father saw and rushed out to save the children. He got hurt himself. Although Mahmud didn't get the chance to go to school, he learned basic Mandarin from his Han peers. He believes lessons from life are more important than those from the classroom. There are various ways of having a successful life. A meaningful life means doing something useful for other people and realizing your own value and having a sense of achievement. Mahmud is himself a role model according to his own standards. Now in his seventies, he's still providing his expertise to local villagers and sharing his knowledge of cow breeding. After the reform and opening up policy was adopted in the 1980s, he was able to earn enough to become relatively rich, and since then, he's done his best to help local villagers improve their own lives. Wang Xiaojun speaks highly of his old friend. He's a really good man. He's nice to everyone. He's helped our Han people a lot. I treat him just like a member of my own family. As the years have gone by, some of Mahmud's peers, who used to graze the animals with him on the grasslands, have passed away. Some have left the village. In 1989, Wang Xiaojun's parents left the village and went back to their hometown in northwest China's Gansu province, thousands of miles away from Xinjiang. But the second generation, including Wang Xiaojun, has stayed. Growing up in the village, he says there is nowhere else he would call a hometown than here. The earlier generation keeps in touch and always passes on their greetings through him. 
My parents always talk about Mahmoud and ask me how everything is going with him. So does Mahmoud. My father is very happy to hear that Uncle Mahmoud is still energetic and continuing to do his farm work. Wang and Mahmoud now run a cow cooperation together, founded in 2017. This is one of many agriculture production cooperatives in the village. With the local government's funding and support, they built a new cowshed last year. They have also received some training in modern agriculture. In 2018, they made more than a hundred thousand yuan renminbi. That's nearly ten times as much as the country's average annual income per farmer. When he talks about Wang Xiaojun's parents, his old friends Mahmud says he remembers the scene when they said goodbye. When they left the village 30 years ago, they told me to look after their children. I didn't want to say goodbye to them, but I understood that they were missing their hometown and wanted to spend their later years there, just like fallen leaves returning to the roots of the tree. I treat their children like my own. I didn't let my old friends down. Having lived and worked there for so long, Wang Xiaojun says he doesn't notice any differences between the two ethnic groups. I don't think there are many differences between we, the Han people, and the Uyghur people. We live exactly the way they do. Uncle Mahmoud and I have something called friendship between generations. He's gentle and generous. I've learned a lot from him. Starting with Mahmoud's father, the two families' bond and friendship is now in the fourth generation. Mahmoud's grandson, 19-year-old Parahati, is a frequent caller to Wang Xiaojun's family. We spent the Spring Festival together earlier this year. There is no you and me between us. We're just like families. For Mahmoud and Wang Xiaojun, a sincere friendship means giving. Sharing and paying back with good faith, their story tells how people can always be bonded by a common life goal, no matter what the circumstances are. That's Yang Yong reporting. Now let's take a short break. In the second part of today's program, we'll tell you a love story in rural Xinjiang. Stay tuned. You are listening to Selfie, produced by China Plus. Many people believe that human beings are shaped by the environment around them: the blue sky, white clouds, high mountains, and wide horizons. Such boundless vistas of nature could just as well have an influence over people's lives in Xinjiang. Maybe it's this landscape that has nurtured people from different ethnic groups in Yongku Village to be unpretentious, passionate, bold, and unconstrained. Perhaps that's also the reason why romantic love stories happen here, despite cultural differences. Here's Yang Yong. A lush woolly tobi dancing, also called heizoma in Chinese, is an intangible cultural heritage for Kazakhs. In this exquisitely decorated Kazakh yurt, people of all ethnicities, including the Han, Uyghurs, Hui, and Kazakhs, dance together at a village banquet, laughing and greeting each other. It's a common scene in Yongku. A village in the Akasu area in northwest China's Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, 
The landlady of the yard, 37-year-old Portugu Chakan, is busy looking after her guests. Fourteen years have passed since she married here, and the Kazakh woman already feels like one of the locals. I feel great. I'm so happy seeing the flourishing business of my village homestay. Her husband, 35-year-old Hou Youhong, says there is a romantic love story behind their marriage. It was in 2004 when we were in Urumqi, the capital city of Xinjiang. At the time, we were working in a restaurant. I was a chef, and she was a waitress there. She's so beautiful and diligent. I fell in love with her at first sight. I'm not a guy who's good at expressing my feelings. I was a little bit shy then. The only thing I could do was to show how I felt through action. And Partigu was touched by his care and gentleness. There was one time when my feet hurt, and he looked after me for a whole month. He's also serious and responsible in his work. I believe I met my Mr. Right. A year later, Partigu and Hou Youhong decided to marry each other. However, inter-ethnic marriage was not well accepted like nowadays among local people at that time, mainly due to cultural and custom differences. Several friends of mine at that time tried to persuade me to give up this relationship. They told me life would not be easy for me, but I didn't think too much at that time. I was determined. Hou Youhong believes when it comes to marriage, love is the only thing that matters. I was marrying the right one. It had nothing to do with the ethnic differences. At the time, I couldn't promise her a rich material life, but we gave each other our respect and trust. We love each other, and we believe it is up to us to create happiness. Like many of the fellow villagers living in such a remote region, where more than a decade ago transport was still so inconvenient, life was hard for the newly married couple. We did farm work for three years after we got married. We used to depend entirely on farming, which was also completely weather dependent, and so we had very little income. We lived from hand to mouth throughout the years without nothing extra left. But what this poor and difficult early life did give them was optimism about human nature. Ten years ago, they moved to a nearby Kucha and started to look for other opportunities. Ho says he remembers all the happiness and woes they shared together at that time. There was a time we moved house five times a year. Our little daughter was only two and a half years old, and we had to take her to the kindergarten because no one else could help us look after her. We were so poor that one five-liter pot of cooking oil had to last our family several months. In 2010, with nearly 200,000 yuan borrowed from their friends, the hardworking people started their own business. They opened a kitchenware shop in the town, and it's become the turning point of their life. We promised to pay off the debts within a year and a half, but actually we paid back them all within one year. Years have passed, 
what was a small shop has grown into a larger one, and the couple's business has got better and better. Now their shop is busy throughout the day, and the couple enjoy every aspect of serving different people using different ethnic languages. When I was in primary school, the Uyghur and Han students studied together, and we spent time playing together after class. I learned some Uyghur from them then. Now the couple has a yearly income of nearly half a million yuan, dozens of times more than the country's average farmer income. Looking back, Ho says they just had the urge to go this far. I need to thank my wife. She had a vision. It was her who motivated me to start our own business. At the time, many of our peers were still doing farm work or working in stables. But we believed there were loads of opportunities for other things if you only had the courage to seek them out. Of course, there are challenges, but how do you know it is impossible if you don't even dare to try? In 2017, the couple started another business, a Kazakh-style homestay in their home village of Yongku. This was another example of them seizing the day and grasping the opportunity. With the local government's investment to support local development and the Building Beautiful Villages program, Yongku Village is becoming a travel destination, attracting tourists to experience an original Xinjiang ethnic village life setting. Last year, their homestay served more than a thousand guests, and the number is growing this year. Hou Youhong says. He believes showcasing local ethnic culture has been key to their success. My wife is good at making local milk tea and kumis, and horse meat is also a must-try. As a Han Chinese, I've always enjoyed traditional ethnic culture here. Party Gu adds that her husband is even good at local ethnic dancing. At the same time, she has learned Peking opera from her husband's family. We respect each other's traditions, and his whole family have always treated me well since we got married. My in-laws tried their best to learn and respect my folk manners and customs. His whole family is broad-minded and generous to me. It's another busy day for Hoyo Hong and Partigu, with the wedding of a couple in the village being held at their homestay. The homestay is an ideal place for local villagers to get together, holding banquets and celebrating festivals. Go Fang Fang is the groom's mother. I'm so happy today. I've been living in this village for more than 30 years. I witnessed huge changes happening here. I'm so happy for my son and my daughter-in-law. They've grown up in such a good era. She says she hopes the young couple will live happily ever after, just like Hou Youhong and Partigu. Partigu is a bright and capable woman. She and her husband are such a loving couple. We all know this. Both of them are brilliant people who have managed to create their happiness with their own hard-working hands. 
My daughter-in-law is a Uyghur girl. I hope my son and my daughter-in-law can live happily together, just like them, and I believe they will. Ho Yuhong says he's been thinking about holding a wedding ceremony like this for his wife someday in the future. I had no extra money when we got married. We only had a really small, simple wedding. My wife didn't even wear a wedding gown, but I can imagine how beautiful she would be wearing white. Now our life is much better. I want to hold a wonderful wedding for her, inviting all our beloved family members and friends. This is Partigu's favorite local tune, Duda and Maria. The Kazakh folk song is a beautiful love story that happened under the blue sky, beneath the white clouds, high mountains, and wide horizons. And for locals living in this land, the boundless spectacle of nature has helped shape them. Perhaps that's why people in Xinjiang are unpretentious, passionate, bold, and unconstrained. Despite their ethnic differences, the characteristics they share make many similar romantic stories, like Hou Youhong and Partigu. I think it's destiny that we met, but it's us who have made our lives happy. Don't fear anything. Just be brave and dare to pursue your own happiness with respect, understanding, and tolerance. Then life will be better and better. That was Yang Yang reporting. At the end of today's program, let's enjoy the folk song "Dudar and Maria," sung by Chinese folk singer Shamali. And that brings us to the end of today's program. For more content, check us out on our website, chinaplus.cri.cn, and go to the column My China for more information and other fascinating reports and features. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tony Reed. See you next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Oh. Uh-huh. 